Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Today's first scripture readings are from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 18 18 through 22. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, you can find it on page 879. But before before we read, let us pray. God of mercy, you promised us never to break your covenant with us. Amid the changing words of our generation, speak your eternal word that does not change. Then may we respond to your gracious promises with faithful and obedient lives. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with the father Zebedee bending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 12 to 19. It can be found on page 938 of your pew Bible. Now during those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray. And he spent the night in prayer to God. But when he came, he called his disciples and chose 12 of them, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas. And James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who is called the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all around Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They all come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Amen. Um, hello, my name is Taylor Richard. My family and I have been going to this church for a little over a year now. So for you guys who have been going here your whole life, we may seem like newbies. We move churches in hope of finding a good youth program, and I'm 100% positive that we've found that here. I always assumed that it would be hard, being the new kid in this group of people who'd known each other for years, but it was quite the opposite. I got to know people very fast, and before I knew it, I was signing myself up for my first ever mission trip. I remember walking up to the church the morning we were leaving for Denver and telling myself I shouldn't have signed up. I I saw a group of girls, sorry Danny, who were already best friends, and here I was stuck all by myself. Little did I know, once I got in the van, I'd end up sitting next to a super kind girl named Ellie. 
I remember our first stop for lunch. I got, I remember our first stop for lunch, me and my newly made friend Ellie decided we didn't want to go to Chick-fil-A. So our interns gave us permission to go somewhere else. But we had no idea the only other places to eat were all the way across a busy highway. We walked leisurely across the crosswalk before realizing it only lasted a few seconds before turning red again. It took a sprint to the other side of the road and a few honks and laps before finally making it to a food place we both like. And that's how I made my first friend on the trip, Ellie. And after that, making friends got a lot easier. Another experience I could talk about was our last day on the trip. Our final activity was called We Don't Waste. It was, a, it was a mobile food market we were volunteering at, located in a high school parking lot, where we set up tents and filled tables with food to give out to those who needed it. The lady who worked there told us about the jobs we were going to do, and she mentioned one about helping the customers one-on-one -on -one by carrying their groceries in a cart and helping load them into their cars. During that time, I got to know a few of the other volunteers I was working with, who always helped out when I needed some assistance. I loved how I could connect with most of the people I was helping by being, able to meet, by being able to communicate by speaking Spanish with them. I remember seeing a man who looked confused, so I waved him over to me and we began to walk down to all the food stations. He was very talkative, always cracking jokes with me and the people around us. I loved seeing him smile every time they told him there was no limit to how much he could take, although he'd, although he'd always only take a few bags of food anyways. I later found out that he had a baby at home who he was getting diapers for. I remember walking him out to his car and he told me he could carry the cart for me since it was heavy. And once we'd finished filling up his car, he turned to me and thanked me. He told me it was his first time doing this and he was so glad to have had me there to help him out. That really made me smile. When I first saw this man, I thought he'd be quiet and reserved, but once I got to meet him up close, I found out he was the complete opposite. I'd so, I was so glad I got to meet him on my trip. Now this man wasn't the only person who I'd met that'd been impossibly kind to me. There was a man named Steve, who was another volunteer there. He'd actually been volunteer there for years, so he knew his way around a lot better than I did. Steve got to know me pretty well, although I'd wish I had gotten to know more about him. I had a few people I was helping out who'd parked further away, so I had to wait by the street by myself for them to pull up, and Steve stood there with me. I remember feeling overjoyed that this man I'd known for only two hours had decided to keep me company by the road and even help with loading the heavy boxes of food into the car with me. I felt like I'd made a special bond with Steve, and I didn't fully realize that until it was time to leave. I couldn't hug him goodbye since he was helping load the trucks up with tables, so I just told him from outside the truck. He told me that I was a lovely person, that he was so thankful to have me here, and that I'd have, the great rest, that I'd have a great rest of my trip. Those words sound so normal, but hearing him say that really touched me. It was really hard for me to leave that parking lot filled with newly made memories I wasn't ready to pull away from. I remember Jennifer asking me how my job was, and, sorry, one second, I lost my place. And when I started to tell her about how much fun I'd had, I'd started tearing up. I never knew I could make such a strong connection with people I only just met. I don't think anybody but Jennifer knew, but I'd forced myself not to cry the whole way back to the church we were staying at that night. And to this day, it still hurts to talk about Steve. I don't know if it's some kind of spiritual connection or maybe just friendship, but he has a very special place in my heart. In the end, the experiences that I had in Denver, trying new things and meeting new people, really got me to step out of my comfort zone. I stepped into a church full of people I don't know, feeling like I didn't belong at all only to find out that once I got to know some of these people, my point of view completely changed. 
The church that was once full of unfamiliar faces turned into a community of friends, family, and neighbors. Even now, as I stand out, as I stand here and look out at the congregation filled with these exact people, there's still faces I don't recognize. But now, from experience, I know that I have the ability to reach out to these people in hopes that they can become a new friend, neighbor, or even just someone who I could smile to and wave to every Sunday. Thank you, Village. What is a thin spot? Well, to me, a thin spot is a popsicle on a hot day. It's the first day of summer. It's jumping into a pile of leaves. In other words, it's something that brings you joy. Good morning, Village Church. My name is Jack Vaughn, and I'm here to talk to you about my time in Montreat. For those of you who don't know, Montreat is an annual youth conference held in North Carolina whose goal is to bring together youth from all over the country through ministry and fellowship. I had heard great things about the trip from friends, and I decided that this summer I would go. Our trip started with a bright and early 6 a.m. departure, and from personal experience, I can tell you with full confidence that 15 to 18-year-olds packed in a bus at 6 a.m. is not a pretty sight. But nonetheless, we were off. As I looked around, I noticed that there were some unfamiliar faces with us. I asked one of the leaders about it, and they told me that there were three people joining us from Trinity Presbyterian Church in Topeka, as they did not have enough people to make a trip of their own. Their names were Lenny, Jacob, and Dada. And although they were quiet at first, we all quickly became fast friends. By the end of the week, we were very close. After 14 hours of sleeping, talking, making song playlists, and otherwise staring out the window, we had arrived at Montreat, North Carolina. The first morning there was uneventful. We hung around the nearby town of Black Mountain and started to get to know each other better as a group. In the evening, we had a short introduction into Montreat by the staff, and it was then that I was made aware of my new greatest fear, energizers. Energizers were simple dances done over a pop song, and they would have been fine, if not a little cheesy, had they not been done at 8 in the morning. I still have nightmares about them. Regardless, I was excited to see what Montreat had to offer the rest of the week. Our first real day of Montreat started the next day, bright and early, with, you guessed it, energizers. After some enthusiastic dancing on my part, we sat down and were given a short keynote presentation about this week's theme. The theme was called Enjoy, and it was all about finding and creating joy with one another. Let's see. This is the same theme that Pastor Tom shared in his sermons with us this summer, because he was also in Montreat a few weeks before we were. The theme was expanded upon each day, and the first day was about how God finds joy in us as people. After the presentation, we were split off into our small groups. This was the part of the trip that I was most afraid of, because these small groups were specifically designed so that you would not have anyone from your home church in them. I think that as young adults, we tend to fall into the same friend groups and stick with them for the long run. 
It feels much easier and more comfortable to talk to someone you've known for years than to meet someone new for the first time. That attitude was definitely apparent on our first day, as the first five minutes of small groups were spent in silence. Luckily, our small group leader, Vic, came to the rescue. He had been a volunteer at Montreat for 23 years and knew exactly how to get a, small, a quiet small group talking. By the end of our time in small groups that day, we had started to get to know each other better and had laid down the foundation of a great week together. After lunch and another successful small group session, we were given our first sermon by our preacher for the week, Reverend Ruth Santana Grace. Ruth had a tremor in her vocal cords that made it difficult for her to talk, called vocal dysphonia. I can tell you that it did not hold her back one bit. Though she was sometimes hard to clearly understand, her words brought a power and magnetism to them that was something completely unique to her. Ruth's sermons were some of my favorite times during the week, and I will never forget their messages about being in joy with one another. There was one thing that she said that I will never forget. She was talking about Norse mythology and how they believed that there were three feet separating heaven from earth. She told us to find the thin spots, those places and times in which we were even closer. After this first long but enjoyable day, the rhythm of the week had been created. Every morning, we would have a presentation from our keynote speaker about the different ways we could find and spread joy. Then we would go into our small groups and continue to get to know each other better. After a quick lunch, we would spend more time together as a small group to talk about the message from the keynote presentation that day. After our discussions, we were given a little bit of free time to spend with our friends, new and old, before dinner. Each night, Ruth would speak and expand upon what we learned in the morning. These days went by in a blur. At the start of the week, I was worried about staying for a whole five days but it felt like a blink of an eye for four of them to disappear. I remember the last day most clearly. I remember waking up feeling exactly opposite to how I felt the first day. I didn't want this week to be over. At first, I was scared of what was going to happen, and now I was afraid that it was going to stop. As we got our keynote that morning, I saw several people from my group. Before the week, they were complete strangers, and now we were friends. What a difference four days can make. And as we went into our last small group, we shared our favorite memories from the week. And it was near impossible for me to pick just one. We started our relationships with each other tentatively, but now we were holding on, knowing that this was the last time we would ever be together as a whole group. Now, I wasn't really sad about it. I was just amazed that we could build a bond so strong in such a small amount of time. Throughout the day, we hung out, sometimes with our small groups and sometimes with other people we traveled with. Around five o'clock, we took pictures with our small group and we said our goodbyes to each other. And after another final powerful sermon from Ruth, we all circled around the small Lake Susan with a candle in our hands. It was breathtaking to look across the now faintly lit Lake Susan to see hundreds of other people just like me, holding out their candles, captivated by the scene. After a short prayer, we were told to blow out our candles in, season, in sections by high school, first the freshmen, then the sophomores, and so forth. As the candles went out one by one, my week truly became, came to a close. When the final group was told to blow out their candles, the night became dark. 
The lake was no longer lit by candle, but by moonlight. And it was in that moment that I knew I had done everything I'd set out to do. I had made new friends. I had stepped out of my comfort zone. I had found a thin spot at Montreat. And I challenge you to do the same, to find a thin spot. Find a time and place where you feel grounded, connected, whole. They're everywhere. We just need to find them. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.